Today in the studio, folks, as always, I've got a real treat for you. My man, Christian Dadalak. Dadalak like Cadillac. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Dude, if you guys ain't heard of this dude, it's no wonder he's been hiding from the public, but he's coming out of hiding. What's your Instagram right now? Deals at Dadalak. Dadalak, D-A-D is in dad, U-L-A-K. Dad, U-L-A-K. Deals at Dadalak. On Instagram. Yes, sir. So if you guys want to follow him, there he is. But what you do is ultimately you're a you're a guru in the franchise space. Get up on that microphone like it's a wiener. Sounds good, man. So yeah, I'm a I'm a franchise consultant. So why'd you get closer? <laughs> you should have got if someone told me that, I'd be like, what? Like I said, what? <laughs> you got up on there. I'm here to talk about franchising, man. I'm excited about it. I'm a little, uh, maybe a little bit too excited, but, um, but yeah, man, so I'm a franchise consultant. I have a franchise consulting business. Uh, the way I put it to people is I'm kind of like match.com for franchising. So, you know, some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, some people like strawberry. I help them identify what franchises are the right fit for them, their background, From their skill set, skill set, background, what financial wherewithal. So for example, I mean, are you more risk of a tolerance, risk tolerance as well? You know, do you, and frankly, how much liquidity do you have? What's your net worth? So I'm looking at all these things to figure out a handful of options. I think that could be a great fit for you based on what you share with me. And then I'm going to help you do your due diligence. I'm going to walk you through that process. So you're like a curator. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people will say it's almost like a, like a real estate agent for franchising or like an executive recruiter helping a company find top talent. I'm like a recruiter for franchises. I find top talent for franchisors and that's why they're willing to, to pay me to help them find great franchisees versus someone fills out a form on a website. Yeah. Now, how long you been doing this? I've been helping people buy businesses now for about five years. The franchise space is going on three. Now, if there's people listening to this and there are that they're like, that's interesting. I could, I could do that. Are you willing to grow and expand and train people how to do what you're doing? Absolutely. I mean, right now I'm, I'm almost a little bit, uh, flustered in the sense that there's a lot of, there's a lot of deals. There's a lot of people that want to get into franchising and there's only so much I can do by myself. Time is limited. There's only so much time in a day. So I do need to duplicate myself. And so, yeah, always open to training people, teaching them how to do it. I have one guy right now I'm training on how to well, tell the bomb squad to reach out bomb squad. If you want to get into the franchising space, earn some cake, which you can make three, four, 500 grand a year. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Just ultimately knowing different franchises, curating franchises, putting two people together. It doesn't even sound like a hard job. It's really not a lot of people. A lot of people will say it's kind of like franchise sales and it is, and it isn't because at the end of the day, I'm never asking the people that I work with, I'm never asking my candidates for money. I'm never asking them to sign an agreement. All I'm doing is qualifying them, connecting them with the right opportunities for them. And then I'm walking them through that process. I'm meeting with them as they're talking to that franchise company who's teaching them all about their business model. So I don't even have to be the expert in whatever franchise it is. They're going to do all the hard work, heavy lifting for me. I just have to coach my client, coach them through fear, manage their expectations. Here's what comes next. And then at the end of the process, I get paid a referral fee by the franchisor because I connected them with a badass person who's going to be their franchisee, who's going to be their next big star, basically. So that's why they're willing to pay me. 
And, uh, and it's really not a sales game. It's really just, can you consult people? Are you good with people? And can you learn a little bit about franchising? Well, only cause I knew you were looking to grow your team. I figured I'd tell the bomb squad, there's opportunity right here with this gentleman. He'll train you, get you into the game. So if you're interested, there he is. But more importantly, I want to find out why franchising, like not you, why would I get a franchise versus open my own business? Versus do it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like in other words, like McDonald's, why would I pay all that money to have a McDonald's? Well, the answer to that is, well, cause you know, people are going to come because it's McDonald's, but a lot of these smaller franchises, I, why are anybody going to, you know, come into my business just because it's a such and such when such and such is only got one store. Right. It's a great question. And so what I would say to that, I'd actually push back a little bit. I would say McDonald's wasn't always McDonald's in the way that we know it. At a certain point, McDonald's was one location founded by the McDonald's brothers. Ray Kroc came around and saw, dude, you guys have a system here. It's the system that came first. It's a chicken or the egg type thing. What came first, the system or the brand? The system. Why was McDonald's successful? System. The reason they were able to grow so much is because they had a dialed in system. They had, Ray Kroc knew exactly how to build it. Here's exactly what's offered. It's systemized. It's standardized. The same McDonald's offers the same exact shit at every single McDonald's location, regardless. That's why you see in the movie when they start offering tacos and all this other stuff, he's like, absolutely not. This is our bread and butter. This is the way we do it. This is how we build a hamburger. And it's the same way at every location so that the customer can go in there having the same experience. So it was the system that came first, not necessarily the brand. And so when you're thinking about buying a franchise, it's like, yeah, I could go to McDonald's right now, but the problem is, they're sold out. How do you get a McDonald's today? You buy it from somebody that's already built it. And that's going to command a premium because you're paying for cash flow at this point. You're going to have to pay a lot more to get into that than you would otherwise have had to 30 <clears throat> years ago or whatever it is. So why buy an emerging brand today? I don't recommend that for everybody. So if a, if a franchise has one location, three locations, I'm not going to tell them to necessarily do that. I'm going to ask them that through my consultative that'd process. It'd be cheaper, right? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It depends on the nature of the business. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them like, are you more are you okay with an emerging brand? Are you wanting something that's more established? Here are the pros. Here are the cons. A huge pro in terms of starting with an emerging brand is you get your choice of territory. So it's a wide open map. Usually franchises have protected territories. So if LA is sold out or Vegas is sold out, you're shit out of luck, right? Because somebody else has bought the rights to that area you get the pick of the litter when it's an emerging brand. You also have a little bit more negotiating room in terms of territory size. Uh, maybe they're willing to budge on franchise fees and royalties, whereas in a more mature system, there's no way in hell that they're going to be negotiating any of that. That's all locked in. There's no room for negotiation on any of that. So you have some wiggle room when you're a part of an emerging brand. And the trick is, and the hard part is, and this is where I think consultants like me come in and offer a lot of value, is you want to get into the Orange Theory Fitness before it's the Orange Theory Fitness. And how do you know that? And look, I don't pretend to know, I don't pretend to speculate and know what the next big thing is going to be, but there are signs and you know the leaders in the industry. I know who is good at franchising, who's done this before, who knows franchise development, who knows how to support franchisees, who knows what the hell they're talking about. And so all of that insider knowledge, that's where I come in and that's the value that I can provide. But ultimately, it really just depends. There are some great opportunities that maybe have 
200, 300 locations nationwide, but maybe they're open in your local market and there's still great opportunity there, but it just, it just depends. And that's the answer nobody likes is what's the best franchise? I don't know. It depends on where you are, who you are, what you're looking to accomplish, what your goals are. But these are all the things that I help them figure out at the end of the day. And you don't even charge for that. No, my services, my help is 100% complimentary. And the way that I can do that is I just get paid a referral fee on the back end by the franchisor. And the great thing is about that, the Federal Trade Commission who regulates the franchise industry, they say franchisors cannot charge you more for working with a consultant. So I get to be almost like a buyer's agent who's holding your hand, looking at red flags for you, telling you what those red flags are and really presenting you with the brands that you really should be looking at versus wasting your time on a bunch of options that frankly are crap. How do you get to know all the franchises that are out there? Yeah, so I'm, I'm part of a membership-based organization that uh, they have a relationship with all kinds of different franchisors. So 600 plus options, 70 different industries, and they'll have events that I'll go to. I, I get flown out and uh, you know put up in hotels and all that. I get to network with all the franchisors because they want to meet consultants like me because I'm ultimately going to be the one that's helping them to buy, uh, find new franchisees. So I go to different networking events. I go to the uh, International Franchise Association. I have a podcast myself, so franchisors will come on. Yesterday, I had the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I don't know if you've ever heard of that franchise, but sure. Brian, uh, Brian Scudamore had him on my podcast talking about 1-800-GOT-JUNK, some of the other brands they have over there. So all, all these different relationships, networking events, I'm always constantly building relationships with these franchisors so that at the end of the day, I can, I can get my people to the front of the line and they're going to take my, my people more seriously and, uh, and treat them a little bit better and, uh, and get them into the system and help them, help them win in life. Do you ever invest in franchises yourself? So the answer is right now, I live in California. A lot of the franchisors that I really, really like that I would probably invest in are not registered in California. So California, lots of red tape lots of regulations. So certain brands choose not to do business in California or they're going to do it later on in their development. Um, so part of me has thought about that. I want to find the right operating partner though, because I don't want to be the one that's running the day-to-day -day of the business. I, I love what I do now. This is my skill set. This is what I'm good at. I'm good at helping people identify the right franchise for them. I'm really passionate about this. And there's a certain amount of ADD that I have where it's kind of nice to learn about different franchises, hear about the updates, hear about new franchises. So I love what I do. I don't want anything to mess with that. But yeah, absolutely. If, if I can find the right operating partner, I would, I would help them out and I would invest in it and coach them a little bit. And it just depends on finding the right partnership at the end of the day. Why are you passionate about it? Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about franchising, but I guess at the end of the day, it's it's a vehicle like anything else is real estate, financial uh, stocks, insurance, whatever it is. There are different vehicles that we have in life. And I think franchising is one of the most misunderstood or least talked about vehicles that are out there. And so I want to demystify this for people and help them realize it's not this crazy thing. You don't need millions and millions of dollars to invest to buy a franchise. You don't need that at all. Some franchises, you can get in for 10 grand. Now, there might be some more sweat equity involved, but there's everything in between. It could be 150 grand, whatever, but I want to dispel these myths so that people can live their best life, fire their damn boss, get out of corporate America, use those skills that they've had making money for somebody else and make it for themselves. I saw my mom do that her whole damn life, working in a cubicle. Every time I had a sick day, you know, I would always want to go with my dad because he was a, a freelance cinematographer, uh, director of photography, 
going with him was fun. He had his own business, right? He was a solopreneur. My mom going to her place when I was sick, it was this sea of cubicles and I hated it. I was like, this is where people go to die. So if I could help people escape from that and take life into their own hands, I see a lot of value in that. And I see purpose in that. And that's really what I'm after. Do you, uh, when you're like looking at the various opportunities, do you ever have certain franchise ors say, you know, I'll give you a bonus if you bring them our way they will offer bonuses sometimes, but it's not just for me. It's for most consultants. So sometimes they'll do like, uh, if you get in referrals to us by the end of the year, right. Uh, if they close by, you know, three months from now, whatever the date is, we'll give you a trip. You and your plus one, a trip to like Cancun, or maybe we'll give you an extra. Have you won any? Uh, I, I have actually, um, I've won mostly cash bonuses. Um, but I don't let that affect me. I don't let what they're offering me affect which franchises I'm going to present to somebody. If, if it ends up working out where a franchisor that happens to be offering something and that's the right fit for one of my candidates, then, Hey, that's awesome. That's gravy. But I get compensated pretty well without all that stuff. So I try not to let that sway me too much. At the end of the day, I want to do what's right by my clients, but yeah, I have. So when you got into this, what were you doing before that? When I got into this, I was selling it wasn't a franchise per se. It was more of a licensing type of agreement. So I was helping people buy that. They would provide me with leads to help them expand their essentially kind of like a business opportunity. Um, and then I kind of like most people in franchising, it's a running joke within franchising that franchise, you don't find franchising, franchising finds you. And that it was kind of the case with me. I, I just was I knew that I could make more money doing what I was doing. I knew I developed a certain skill set, helping people get into business. And, uh, and I didn't like the opportunity that I had. I didn't like being pigeonholed with just one opportunity. So I was thinking like, how can I offer more opportunities to people than I do now? And so just through research, I looked at business brokerage and helping people to sell their business. Uh, you could make some good money doing that. But then ultimately I stumbled on franchise consulting. And like most people probably listening to this, I was like, huh, you can do that. You can be a franchise consultant. I figured, okay, what are the facts about this situation? Well, okay. I was getting paid $7,500 a deal selling that licensing agreement. So I figured out, okay, so this, these franchisors will pay me on average four times more just for one location, mind you, not for multi-unit agreements, four times more on average for doing the same deal which, and, and these opportunities provided better support, better opportunity than the one I was representing before. Anyway, I have 600 plus options I can show versus just the one. And I'm not the one asking them for the money, signing an agreement, which I was doing at the other opportunity. That's for good. That's good for people that don't like sales. Right. Right. Even though you can be in sales, make commission, but you don't have to ask for money. You don't have to be in an awkward situation. hundred percent. Do you find yourself in that category? No, I've never had an issue asking for the order or yeah, anything you, like that. But you keep saying that you keep saying, you know, and I don't have to ask for the money. Like, why is that the, well, because big, I know a lot of people have an issue with that. Why I is personally that a big don't cherry on top. Well, it is because it's almost like you, you, some people like being a coach more than a consult, uh, more than a salesperson. I'm fine with being both. I've done both. I've sold life insurance. I've sold mutual funds. I've done all of it. I'm okay with asking for the order. I've knocked doors. I've done it all. But at the end of the day, I just know that in terms of, lifestyle. I think what people are really after is lifestyle. So if you're the one that, you know, once you refer them to the franchisor, maybe you're meeting with them once per week to check in on their progress, coach them. Hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? They bought. 
<laughs> well, there's an element of that too, but they, I should know if they're, you know, if they're on the cusp of buying, but I'm going to be coaching them through that process, but ultimately I'm relatively hands-off. All of the really heavy lifting is done by the franchisor. So why do I keep mentioning that? Well, I mention it because that frees up my time to work on the front end of my pipeline, but also just to do other things. I can do just about anything I want during the day. I can, if I want a jacuzzi at like noon, I can do that. If I want to go lunch and or go on the Dropping Bombs podcast with Bradley, I can do that. So it's the lifestyle of it that's really, really nice. And for people that are maybe a little bit more averse to, to sales, but maybe you like coaching people and you care about people, this is a great way to do it. I know plenty of people that are other franchise consultants that I'm like, man, you'd be a terrible salesperson, but you're pretty good at this and you can at least get a few deals a year. And to get some serious income, all you need is a few, a few deals per year doing this. You don't need to have a million and one people that do it. Hmm. How many people do you think out there right now are going to be impacted by this recession that bought a franchise from you last year? There will be people that have been impacted, but I try to look at opportunities that are more recession resistant. I don't believe in recession proof. I don't think there's anything that's not going to feel the weight of a recession, especially one as big as what I, what I think will be coming. But, uh, but most of them are in industries that are one of them, for example, it's, uh, it's a home services business. It's restoration. It's water and mold remediation, if you can believe it. Not super sexy, not something anybody can get really excited about on its face. But when you think about it in terms of the business features, the attributes of the business, not necessarily what the industry is, but the attributes, you, it starts to become a little bit more sexy. And, and so, for example, why do, I, why do I like these businesses and why did I present it for my candidates? Because I knew it was recession resistant. This business in particular, it's all third party payer. Who's the payer? The insurance company. Somebody's house floods, they're not the one covering that. They're going to pay their deductible, 500 bucks, whatever it is. But the insurance company is the one that's covering the damage. 14,000 instances of water damage occur every day. It's the number one emergency service that happens to homes. Hmm. And nobody seems to know that, but there's an opportunity there. It's not sexy, but there's a great opportunity. And so what's, good. What's it called? The the franchise. There's several in that space. There's Leaky all. floor. What was that? Leaky floor, wet yeah. floor. There's one that's called All Dry. They have a, a little duck, a little ducky dude. It's their brand called Puddles. But there's Advanta Clean, and there's my buddy Dan is coming out with uh, something similar in that space. And so there's there's tons of franchisors in that space, but that's because the demand is big. I don't mm -hmm. want to be in a space necessarily where there's no demand. I want to be somewhere where people are kind of flooding in because there's a lot of business to be had. But going back to what you said, it's recession resistant because it doesn't depend on the discretionary income of the homeowner. It's insurance based. Can they pay the deductible? Great. And it's a high ticket sale. So you don't need a million and one customers, like I keep saying, to generate some serious revenue, to reach cash flow positivity somewhat quickly. And so for a lot of the people that I've helped get into franchises, a lot of them are businesses like that, a lot of home services. So I actually am pretty confident that they're going to do pretty damn well during, during the recession and actually maybe do a lot better than most mom and pops as the field gets cleared because most of those will go out of business. You think home services is the number one thing to invest in right now? Right now? Yeah. There's been a flood over the course of the pandemic when you had boutique fitness dropping off a cliff. Food obviously was hit really, really hard. Food was massive. Yeah. Yeah. And so was fitness. 
Yeah, fitness was too. Yeah. Unbelievable, and dude. Especially in California where I live, man. It was just, it was unbelievable. Still it was so down sad there. to watch. Still, absolutely still. Ridiculous, dude. Home services saw the exact opposite. They had so much business they didn't know what to do with. And why was that? So I've helped people buy a flooring concept. Again, flooring, not super sexy necessarily, but flooring. Most people, they had this savings. They were getting these stimulus checks. They had all this vacation savings set aside. The, a lot of people were pretty cash rich during the pandemic, believe it or not. And rather than they couldn't travel, they couldn't do this or that. Most people, when home prices were just astronomical, they're like, well, rather than buy a new place, let me just in, reinvest into the place I already have. So flooring killed it. Insulation businesses killed it. So all kinds of home services skyrocketed. So there is a, there is a lot of demand in the home services space right now. And I don't know if that, I think that there's a good trend. I think that will continue for a while, but franchising is, there's always a, a new thing, right? Like boutique fitness was the big thing like several years ago. Uh, it's been food, obviously. Most people, when they think of franchising, they associate that with food. So that's always kind of going to be there. But for right now, home services is fantastic. It's low overhead, high margin. You can usually run the businesses semi-absentee, put a general manager in place. You don't have to be the one running all the day to day. You still need to be involved, but you don't need to be the one. You're not the one doing the painting, for example, or doing the flooring work. Uh, and it's the investment to get in is usually a lot lower too. 150 grand, 200 grand, 100 grand in some That's cases. Low relatively low compared to a McDonald's or compared to, you know, most people, when they think franchising, they think million dollars plus, and that's just not true. And you're not paying for that in cash. There's funding options out the wazoo. Really? That, yeah. Whether it's so home. I go, so I can go finance a, 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 a franchise. Absolutely. Most people are not buying franchises in, in cash. Even if they have the money for it, most people will think, you know, let me get OPM other people's money. Now, granted you have to pay it back or the business has to pay it back, but my cash on cash return is going to be a lot better because what does that do? I'm putting in less of my available liquid cash into the franchise that frees me up to put my other liquid cash into other opportunities. So I can be invested in two things at once versus dumping it all into one thing. Uh, not all, you know, there's nuance to it, of course, but, um, but yeah, you can get SBA loans. You can do 401k rollovers, penalty-free, tax-free, uh, and, you know, partially or in full. You can tap into home equity, uh, home equity lines of credit, HELOCs, uh, securities-backed lines of credit or portfolio loans. So if you have in a non-qualified account, you have, you know, let's say 100 grand or 150 grand, whatever, you can borrow a certain percentage of that. The money stays invested. So you're just getting a loan and they're taking the securities you have, the investments you have as collateral, and you can use that to start a business. So there's ways you can do it without having to have all this money up front. And that's what I tell people is, look, if you have like maybe like $50,000 liquid and $150,000 net worth, there's a lot of opportunities for you. How much money do you, do you need to take this seriously? What I just said, 50K liquid and 100K net worth. And that could be between, it's not just what's sitting in your bank account. That could be uh, st your stock portfolio. So stocks, bonds, mutual funds. How long does it take to get my money back on, on average franchise deal? It depends. And so I'll give the answer that nobody likes, but it's the answer I have to give. Cause again, we're regulated by the federal trade commission. It has to be on a case by case basis for each franchise. Um, you know, some could be a year, some could be multi-years. It just depends on the brand, the nature of the brand, how much the initial investment was, how much you put in. Uh, there's different calculations. There's, there's something called an item 19, um, 
in the franchise disclosure document that every franchise is required to have by law. It's kind of like a menu. The FDD is what they call it for short. Uh, it tells the story of the franchise. It's, you know, you have your appetizers, you have your beverages, you have your entrees, you have uh, desserts, you have everything. And it tells you exactly all the different elements of the business. Item seven talks about what the initial investment is to get started. So it'll itemize it. Um, here's how much for insurance. Here's how much for real estate, everything in between. Item 19 is what talks about if they make a financial performance representation, AKA an earnings claim. So as a consultant and the franchisor themselves, they can only talk about, and I can only talk about what is in the item 19 for that specific franchise. So some franchisors will give a lot of information. Some won't give a whole lot. Some will say, hey, the average gross revenue of all of our franchise locations that have been open for at least 12 months, the full calendar year is a million dollars in revenue. Maybe they don't tell you what the net profit number is. Sometimes it's because different people, different franchisees handle their accounting in different ways. They have different situations. They finance their business in different ways. But they'll have different levels of information. Some will disclose a net profit number. And so you can figure out ROI based on how much I put in, how much will I can I expect to get out. But more than anything, the best way you get that information is from talking to franchisees. Every franchise process has a step where you get to talk to all of the franchisees and every single one of those franchisees, their numbers, their names are listed in that franchise disclosure document. So you can call them. And you can ask them and they're not, they can tell you whatever they want because that's their experience. So if you want to know like, what's the ROI, you can ask them that there's a way to go about getting that information. You have to be tactful. Some people don't want to just bluntly tell you, oh, I made a million dollars last year. Why not? Well, sometimes people like, let's say if you're in a neighboring market, if you're like 30 miles away from me, maybe I don't want you to know how well I'm doing. Cause I don't want you to be sucking up business. Maybe I intend to expand into that territory or maybe they're not doing well. Um, there's that too. So you have to take that into consideration, but there's so ways. Is there any truth in lending? Meaning, isn't there any, like someone has to have the records, like corporate has to have the records if they're on rev share. Right. So in the item 19, they have to have a legally, they have to have a reasonable basis for putting that information in there. So you can request from the franchisor, whatever documents, however, they arrived at that, at those numbers in that disclosure document, they, they will need to provide that upon request. But, and that's why there's, there's not a ton of, uh, and again, I think that's where people like me, it's helpful to know a consultant like me, because you can lie with numbers and not, not that franchisors intend to do that. Most franchisors are good, but there are bad apples like in any industry. And so someone like me, who's talked to franchisees and off the record, and I, I know them, I've had them on my podcast or. What's or, your podcast name? Uh, the Franchise Founders Podcast. So if you guys are interested in listening to more about that, Franchise Founders Podcast on Apple, iTunes, where is that? It's everywhere. So primarily Apple and Spotify, but it's it's everywhere. You can find it. And it's um, all franchise. All franchise. So um, sometimes we'll have people from outside the industry, but for the most part, it's franchising. So you're like the franchise king. Yeah, I'm the franchise king, yeah, franchise yeah, guy, whatever yeah, you call it. Yeah, by the way, folks, if you guys want to follow him on Instagram, I told you it's deals at Datalac, but he's also got a website uh, called the franchise guys, the franchise guys. Yep. The franchise guys.com. So if you want a franchise, go to the franchise guys.com, hit him up and let him find you a franchise. You do all the legwork groundwork. They just give you their wishes and commands. <laughs> exactly. And then I show them what the options are. We'll figure out usually three options to at least start talking to. 
And then from there, it's, you know, we can pop other options in we can take options out. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to be showing them the options that are the good ones that they should be looking at. And then if, if someone's interested in doing this for a living, reach out to you, you'll train them. hundred percent. Absolutely. Show them how to build that business. hundred percent. And you don't need a whole lot. Yeah. You, you know, don't. If, you, if you have, if you have a zoom account, you have a laptop and you have a voice, you can do what I do. That's all you need. There you go, folks. That's how easy that is. Well, so what are you going to do? Like, what what are your plans over the next three to five years? Are you going to end up a franchise or are you going to, are you going to just keep, you know, putting people together? Sure. Yeah. I think, I think primarily right now, my, my immediate goal is to build like a little franchise brokerage, almost like a real estate brokerage, but for franchising. So I want to have a team of people that I've, I can show how to do what I do. Uh, because I know what it's done for me and I would love to see other people be able to do that. Um, and yeah, maybe at a certain point becoming a franchisor would be awesome. I have friends that have done it. I have friends that have helped a lot of people. Did they do it through you? Uh, to become a franchisor? No. These are people that I've, I've met through the industry that have been in the franchise game for a lot longer than I have even, um, but have created incredible wealth for themselves. I mean, if someone wants to franchise their business, I mean, that's something, that's a conversation we can have too. I have people for that. Um, but primarily it's on the buying side that I help people with, but that's what I want to do. My, my whole goal is to help more people live the American dream. The American dream as I define it is business ownership. You know, that, that is the way that you don't have to really answer to anybody. Uh, you know, with as crazy as things are right now in the world and in America, taking your life into your own hands and controlling your own destiny, th that is just it's almost becoming a necessity right now. Even if you don't do something full time, having a side hustle of some kind is is it's not even a question of whether or not you should do it anymore. It's it's a it's a it's a necessity. So I want to teach people how to do that. And I think being a franchisor at some point down the road might be a part of that where you know maybe we start something from scratch, maybe I acquire an existing brand or whatever it is and then help people get into that franchise, but um th that's definitely on the horizon. That's something that I'm definitely thinking about, no doubt. Good. How old are you? 28. See, you're a young man. Yes, sir. Just getting started. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you living? I live in, uh, I tell everyone Los Angeles because they don't, most of them don't know where I'm from, which is Santa Clarita, California, but there's a show on Netflix, Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore, and uh, it's where Six Flags Magic Mountain is, so that's where I live, but who knows? I don't know. I'm not married to, to, to Santa Clarita, so. Hmm. So, folks, as always, I'm bringing you people. If you're into franchising or you have one, want one, create one, there's the guy, franchiseguys.com. If you're just uh, into, what, humor, then follow him on Instagram at Deals with Dadalac. Yes, sir. Deals like, with Dadalac. Like Cadillac. Dude, I appreciate you coming up. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, folks, as always, till next time, keep it real. Mm -hmm.